The Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Reaper Apparel Company. Reaper Apparel offers a casual line of superb fit, finish, and comfort. We design for those who refuse to die slowly and choose to live untamed. For those who aren't afraid to face the dark, for the ones that thrive in it, and for those who can appreciate life through a grim lens. That's Reaper Apparel Company. Go to the link in the description of this episode, use the promo code Mike Bono, and get 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my own personal merch store, the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. I have hats, I have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, water bottles, notebooks, you name it, I've got it. The description and the link for that will be in the description of this episode. Also, right now, if you use the promo code WELCOME, I will give you 5% off of your first purchase. That's the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. Also, the Rod Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Tactical Brotherhood. All-American-made apparel, which helps support the Second Amendment. You can also find all this in the description of this episode with the link, Tactical Brotherhood. Part of every proceed does go to helping veterans, as it is a very good cause. All American-made products made right here in Minnesota. Go and check them out. Use the promo code PATRIOT15 to get 15% off your purchase. Now, let's start the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ride Home Rants podcast. This is, as always, your host, Mike Bono. I have a phenomenal episode for us today, but first and foremost, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my own personal merch store that's the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. I have hats, as you see here, t-shirts, sweatpants, you name it, I got a coffee mugs. The link for that will be in the description of this episode. Uh, If you use the promo code WELCOME, I will give you 5% off of your first purchase uh, once again, the Stupid Should Hurt merch store, promo code WELCOME. That being said, my guest today is the sports director for WFMJ in Youngstown. He's been there a number of years. We're going to talk about everything that he does. Dana Bale... Ba- oh, I just... Uh, Baelish joins the show. <laughs> Dana, sorry about the last name. We I'm just sorry, talked Mike. about this before we started. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, not a problem. Um, so, as someone who uh, has a degree in sports communications, I understand what, what what you do. But for the new listeners out there and everything like that, so how did you get into sports and, and TV in general? Well, Mike, I, I've been very fortunate. I grew up in the Youngstown area, so I have not had to leave home. Uh, I graduated from high school way back in the early 80s, uh, Was uh, went to Kent State for a year, got involved with television there, then transferred to Youngstown State, and actually started in radio here at WFMJ. It's a locally owned uh, uh, company. It's uh, locally owned by a family, and I uh, was fortunate to get a part-time position as a board op overnight. Uh, that same year, I was able to do some high school football play-by-play on the radio. And then in 1990, um, that is, this, the radio station was sold. So I, I must have made a good impression on the general manager at that time because he offered me a job in television as a general assignment news reporter. Um, I did that. I also filled in for some sports in the early 90s and in 1990. Then in 1991, 
the weeknight sports position came open, and uh, I went after that and was fortunate enough to get it. And then in 2000, I was uh, named the sports director, so I still do the 6 and the 11. Uh, kind of cut back on the 11 a little bit, but uh, do the 6 and with social media and and things like that, keep the websites updated and, and things like that. So I've been in the position. I, I'm very fortunate to grow up in the city that I, you know, grew up the station I grew up watching. So very, very fortunate to be in this position and uh, have been in it since uh, 1990. And, and Mike, one of my goals was, you know, when I first started was to, was to be the longest tenured sportscaster, you know, at this television station. And, and we've had some very well-known names uh, sit in the chair or stand in the same studio that I have, including um, Joe Castiglione, the current voice of the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Greg, Greg Brown, the current one of the current voices of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Jack Corrigan, who uh, does the Colorado Rockies baseball. And Greg Brown, uh, I think I mentioned Greg, or I'm sorry. Um, and the final one is, is Chuck Tanner. The, the, the late manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, actually did sports at this television station in this same building that I'm in. So my goal was to be the longest tenured sports guy, uh, sports, you know, on air. And that has soon turned into be the, the longest tenured sports anchor in the market. Um, I'm in my 32nd year of, of doing sports on television. So that's that's something I'm very, very proud of. Hey, that's that's phenomenal. Like I said, I went to school for for what you do essentially uh, at Bethany College. You know, got a degree in sports communication. Was actually uh, at Bethany the sports director there for the radio station. So I understand like the job title a little bit and what, and what you're dealing with. And actually, uh, my class was one of the classes that helped build the station that is now aired at WVBC in uh, Bethany. And all the accolades that everyone's getting and all the airtime that they're getting with social media. And it's nice, I think, for, for what they're doing, you know, having, you know, colleges, they get recruits from everywhere for sports. I mean, not all their parents can make a game, you know, a couple-hour drive maybe if, they, if, they, if they're up for it. But, you know, people are coming from states away, so it's nice to be able to – to get that back out there. So how did social media, like uh, when you're, you kind of went through it, how did that help you guys or did it hinder you at all? With that, well, with I, I, I wasn't a big fan of social media when, when it really came on, became an evolution, uh, but it's actually helped me. And, and what I mean by that is it's, um, you know, you, you put things out and, and I'm not a Facebook person, but I'm a Twitter person. And, and, you know, putting things out on Twitter, for instance, you know, in, in this area, it's a big football area, high school football area. So if a coach isn't coming back, I'll put that out there. And, and, and the response has been great. And then, and then you know, other breaking news. And, 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 and Mike, the, what I learned in this a long time ago with social media is, is when you had a story prior to social media, you could sit on that story for the 6 o'clock news, 6 o'clock sports. I mean, you could actually sit on it. And, you know, and, and break that story at six o'clock. If I get a story at two in the afternoon back in the day, I could sit on that story and, and break it at six o'clock. And I, le- had to, I learned the hard way that you can't do that anymore. When social media became part of what we do in our everyday life, I had a story and I tried to sit on it and I looked on a website and it was already there. From So from that standpoint on, 
Uh, any story that I get in the middle of the day, you know, I put it on social media. And uh, that's the way the world is now. They, the, you know, people want to know what's going on immediately. Um, it's not like when we didn't have social media and, you, 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 you know, you had to watch the 6 o'clock news or the 11 o'clock news or whatever. I mean, people still watch the news, but I think, you know, when they hear something on social media, they, they read about it. And then at 6 and 11 or whatever time newscasts are, then they want to see it. And uh, I think that's the big change. That, that was a little difficult, you know, for me because I was the type of person where I, I, I like to dig for stories and I like to dig for that sort of thing. And, and now, you know, when I get something, bam, it goes out on my Twitter page and, and social media on our station website. And, and uh, you know, then I get prepared to, to put the TV story together. Yeah, see, that's kind of what, you know, I think I'm a big Twitter guy myself. I, I use Twitter a lot, and you're right. I mean, I I, I started a blog back in uh, college, uh, sports talk, and you know, quickly grew it. You know, to the over eight thousand viewers, and you know, that's back in the early two thousands when social media really wasn't wasn't that big. You know, Facebook was around and everything like that, but. You're right now, like, I, I'll post, the, I'll make a post, and it's a uh, breaking news, and the comments I get were like, well, I heard about this at 2 a.m. on, on Twitter, I heard about this on Facebook, it's, this had that, it's like, so you're not really breaking the news anymore, but, uh, like, the, the most current one I did was the big Christian McCaffrey trade from uh, Carolina to San Francisco, and, you know, it happened overnight. Uh, and when I woke up, that's the first thing I did was make a post and people were like, yeah, you're late to the party, man. We, we were up last night and we saw it last night on Twitter. So I get it can hinder, you know, the breaking news stories and everything like that. But to the point where you still got like for like just for that story sake, for sake of argument, you know, I still had to go and watch ESPN in the morning to see all the finer details of it and actually see what, what was going down and what transpired. But, you know, yeah, you're right. The social media makes it hard for uh, the breaking news stories. But Well, I think, I think that's true to the fact that when it becomes local, and I think that's where people rely on, on us, you know, the national stories, those national guys are going to break that, and, and, and that's their job. Um, you know, they have connections with agents and, and, and front office personnel and all that stuff. And, and that's their job. You know, on a local front, you know, that's, that's kind of what I, I strive for. Um, you know, if, if, again, if, if there's a story that's happening, I'm certainly going to, you know, do my best to, to get it out when, when I can. Um, you know, in, in this business, as you know, really, you're never off. You know, you may be away from the office, but, you know, you're still tweeting and, and doing this and doing that to make sure that, uh, you know, that, that your followers know what's going on. Because once you, you know, gain their trust, now they expect it. And, and uh, you know, that's sometimes could be difficult. Oh, absolutely. So what did you major in in college to, to be able to, to get to your career and start it? Well, I, I did. A, I, I majored in telecommunications. I mean, I was doing newspaper work when I was in high school for the for the local paper here. Um, I was editor of my yearbook in high school, and that. So I always had a had a niche for journalism, and and I was just thinking about it. You know, including my high school days of being involved with journalism. I mean, it's been forty years that I've been part of this. So, 
Um, you know, I, I went to Kent State, which is a very well-known telecommunications yeah. school. And the only reason I transferred back to Youngstown State is because I actually started working, you know, in radio here part-time and I didn't want to give up that position. So I was fortunate, you know, you have to be in the right place at the right time where, you know, I was able to do high school football games and basketball games, uh, you know, on the radio here. Uh, the frequency was 1390 a.m. And again, there was no social media back then. So you were able to do those games. I mean, I was doing football games Friday and Saturday. Uh, I was doing uh, basketball games on Tuesday and Friday. I had, you know, a sole sponsor of those games who sponsored us for the year. So we were up to doing like 31, 32 games. Um, you know, and, and, and that kind of, you know, you, once you get into that flow of things, you know, you're doing that. And then, you know, um, I was in the right spot at the right time when radio was sold in 1990. Didn't know what was going to happen. Didn't know what I was going to do. And, uh, you know, showed some versatility in doing news and sports. And so I was a general assignment reporter, um, you know, because I, my goal was to get into television and, uh, how you get in, you know, you, you take what's available. And it was a news reporter's job. I mean, I did news in the past in radio, but it, it was a lot different going to council meetings or going to cover, you know, accidents or fires or, or whatever. So that was a little different. Um, but again, I knew if I wanted to get into sports, you know, I had to get that experience in television of, of going out, meeting people and, and doing that sort of thing, you know, and you, and you meet people and, you know, I'm old fashioned, Mike. Uh, you know, someone gives me their phone number. I have a Rolodex. I put it in the Rolodex. I mean, I'm old fashioned that way. Um, you know, I always want to save things, but, but I was fortunate enough where I was in news for a year and a half. Like I said earlier, I, I was able to kind of transition and help out the sports department when needed. And that was anchoring, you know, the weekends or, or during the week. If, if someone was sick, I was able to kind of do that. And, and then when the position came open again, I was in the right spot at the right time and, and was able to get it, you know, and, and, uh, I'm very, very fortunate. I mean, I, I never thought I would be in a position like I am, you know, you know, for 31 years of doing sports, you know, in March will be 38 years with this company. And, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been a great run, you know, and, and again, I get asked a lot now, well, when are you going to, you know, you've been there a long time, you know, when, when are you going to get out? And, and, uh, you know, I, I haven't thought about that yet. Um, you know, I'm the oldest one on set, so to speak, with uh, with our other anchors and stuff like that. But, um, you know, you'll know when the time is, is right, um, you know, and, and then you just continue to do. I still have the energy. I still have the desire. I still like to dig for stories. I try to teach young people this is the way you do it. Um, and, and again, uh, I think the biggest I don't want to call it a problem, but I, I think the biggest issue sometimes facing young people getting into this business out of colleges. And, and one of the questions that I, I ask them, either if it's for an internship or a job at is, is, you know, think back on your collegiate career, your college career. How many professors were at that, that you had in the telecommunications or TV actually were in this business? And the percentage is very, very low. Yeah. So, so, you know, so they're coming in here and you're trying to teach them the way you, you were taught and the way you do things. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes that can be difficult. We'll be back after a quick break. Big labia energy. What if I eat a little cheese every day? <laughs> Just keep it. It's like I have a tolerance. Yeah. For cheese. Good Same job with cats. Your tolerance. Like if I pet a cat every day for the first week or two. I thought you were going to say if I eat a cat a little bit every day. 
<laughs> Started at the tail I mean, and just ate a little bit. <laughs> I'd be fine, but if I didn't eat a cat for three months. I would then... totally start at the face. Why yeah. would you start at the tail? If someone put a gun to my head and said, eat this cat. I'm trying to think of We're an acceptable scenario. About a feline, right? <laughs> oh, did you think I was talking about pussy? Maybe it could go there. I don't want to eat a cat. I want to eat a pussy. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I just thinking back to, to my professors, I don't I don't think one of them actually physically worked in radio or TV, but they, you know, they were teaching it to us and everything like that. I mean, and not to take anything away from them, you know, because they, they did a phenomenal job and everything like that. But having that experience with actually working with somebody who works in the business, I think, in my just personal opinion, is way more valuable than anything you can get from a textbook. Well, and you're right, Mike, and that's why internships, I think, are so valuable for young people to to get the hands-on experience of, of coming in here, uh, you know, and, and seeing what someone does. Um, you know, internships are so, so valuable, and, and just not in this business. I mean, you know, if you want to become a lawyer, you're, you're not going to trial your first day you become a lawyer. Uh, if you become a doctor or want to become a doctor, you're not going to surgery that first day. I mean, there, there's a process. And, and again, I, I think that's where, because what you learn in school, I have found out is a little bit different than where, you know, at a, at a, at a, at a real so-called television station. And, and I think that's some of the issues that some of the young people are facing these days is because, you know, when they're in school, it's this way. And when they come to a job, it's completely different. And, and again, I take nothing away from, from the professors and teachers who teach this. But I think if there were more people who were in the business doing it, then, then certainly things would be, you know, a lot better. And that could be in any industry. But uh, it is a learning process for young people starting in this business. Yeah, a- absolutely. I know. I mean, I did an uh, internship at a local TV station. You might know it, WTOV9 in Steubenville. Yep, absolutely. Uh, did my internship there, worked with the sports director and uh, Don Sloan and all them and Rob Metzger. Um, worked there as a producer for a little bit, too, as well, part-time. Um, just kind of didn't – wasn't in the cards for me at the time. I, I did have a lot going on, and, you know, it was part-time. And um, – to say I regret leaving there to go to, to my job in sales, I don't because it made me who I am today, and I wouldn't change that for the world. But uh, there is still a little part of me that's like, ah, maybe I should have just stuck it out with, with TOV9 and you know still been working there with the sports guys. So I, 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 wanted, I want to see this too as well, just how things have changed in, in a little bit from – uh, you in college in the '80s. So, what type of classes did you have in the '80s? And then I'm going to tell you what I had in, in well, the 2000s. Well, you know, the, yeah, I mean, the speech classes were the big thing. Obviously, news writing classes, the TCOM classes. Uh, you know, even going back to high school, I mean, speech was so, just so important because you know you speech you speak every day. And just learning how to talk. And I know that sounds very, very, you know, childish, but, 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 you know, how to talk and how to breathe, um, you know, that sort of thing. And, and again, it was the communications classes. It was the writing classes. And really it was, you know, th- those all come together. You don't go take news classes or sports classes or weather classes. I mean, 
you know, back back then, that, that's all it was. It was just news writing. I mean, you know, uh, appearance-wise, how did you look? Um, there were no classes for that. But, you know, it, it was more just, you know, can you communicate and can you write and can you talk? And, you know, now with these classes they have de- these days, I mean, there's consultants out there for everything. Oh, absolutely. You know, I was, I was going to say that, you know, public speaking was probably, I think, the most beneficial class I had at, at, at Bethany. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I, they, they had what they called, um, the Comcore four, I believe it was called, um, when I was at Bethany. So that means their entire four years there, you had to, uh, work at the radio station to, to get experience with that. That was a class, you know, basically in the credit hours, you had to write for the paper for, for the school. You had to work for the TV station too. And then you had to have a film class too, to be behind the camera too, as well. So, you know, that, that was one of the things that I, I, I enjoyed those core four classes, you know, you know, I, uh, I was a little upset with my beat that I got when I was with the with the paper, uh, the Tower News, the, the paper at uh, Bethany, because uh, they knew, the professor knew me, she knew I was a big sports guy, that's what I wanted to do, and she gave me the food on campus, I don't know how that, <laughs> that translated, so, uh, but it, it was... It was a different experience, and I think it helped me in my writing, which is why I still keep up with my blog uh, to this day, you know, because, you know, I I had that sports mindset and wanting to write for that, but then trying to kind of mix the worlds together, writing like I would for sports, but it was about uh, the dining halls and all the food that was offered on campus and everything like that. So I think that that would be the biggest difference for me. Did you guys have anything like that, or was it... Yeah, I mean, you know, when I went to Kent State, I mean, they were doing they were doing a newscast a night, one newscast a night, you know, and, and, and now I think that has changed. When I transferred to Youngstown State, they didn't even have TV, uh, a TV class, you know, it was all radio. So, you know, that that was the big difference. But, you know, I always tell young people, and again, I've been fortunate, Mike, I, I've been to World Series, I've been to Super Bowls, I've been to World Championship Boxing, I've been to, you know, the, the, the BCS games when they were the BCS, the National College Football. I, I, I've been very, very fortunate in, in my career. And I, and I tell young people all the time, and I ask them this question, what do you think the easiest part of my day is? And they look at me and you know, well, getting everything ready, no. Going out, covering the story, no. No. The easiest part, Mike, is going up and doing what we do. Yeah. And and, and that's the easiest part. The toughest part where you have to gain, you know, confidence, where you have to gain, you know, respect from the viewers is is what you do behind the scenes. And and that's the most important thing we do every day. Yeah, you know, and I've been doing this for a long time. I learn something new every day, whether it's about technology, whether it's about people, whether it's about something in the world of sports. Uh, you know, you don't want to be someone you're not. Uh, I was always taught you want to be yourself. You know, and a lot of young kids come in and, you know, men and women, and they want to be, you know, Chris Berman, or they want to be, you know, this person. And, 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 it does, and it's fake. And, he, and he, I could tell right away it's fake. Um, you know, I always tell people who start out in this business is, you know, your first year, you're, 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 you're a sponge. You, you want to learn as much as you can, uh, whether it's about people, whether it's about technology, how it's developing stories, how it's developing sources. And, 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 and you have to gain credibility. And, and I think that's the key to, to all of this. 
Um, you know, you could come in and be the flashiest guy or, or young woman, but you have to earn that credibility. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's tough. And, and sometimes for young people, that's very difficult because, you know, they were the main anchor on their, their college station and this and that. And then they come here and, you know, they're, they're, you know, low on the totem pole, so to speak. So I, I think that's the tough thing for, for young people is, you know, you, you really have to learn and be a sponge. I, I always tell people, look, I've been doing this for a long time. Do not, do I know everything about sports? Absolutely not. Um, if, if there's something I don't know, I ask questions about it. And, and I think, you know, once they hear it from someone who's been doing it this long, they're like, Oh, okay. I don't have to know everything, you know? And, and again, it, it, it's, it's, you know, they, they, you know, we get paid to talk about sports and there's not many better jobs than that. <laughs> no, I, I'd say I have a close second in what I do now being a comedian and everything like that. But I translated, you know, a lot of what I did, you know, with the sports communications and everything like that into being a comic and, and what I do now sure. and being a comedian. And I, I got to agree 150% because I get that question about being a comedian all the time. It's the easiest part about being a comedian. Well, you know, what, 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 what do you enjoy the most about being a comedian? And people think it's this glamorous, easy thing. No, I'm working 24-7, 365. Like, that's, I don't get a day off. Um, I'm always writing. I'm always trying to, you know, work new jokes into my act. But the best part of being a comedian is when I get to get on stage and show all the hard work that I've been putting in, you know, and... Being on TV and radio and all that, I think has has definitely helped for sure. You know, just with how I talk, when I breathe, when I need to pause, when I, you know, and people were like, "You just seem so natural." It was like, well, I announced sports for four years in college and did it on radio and TV, and you know, it it just comes natural to me when I get on stage. Well, there's there's a difference too, Mike, and and again, I think there's a difference between being confident and being cocky. And, and, you know, you got to be confident. You, your, your audience has to believe you. You're, you're, again, again, it goes back to credibility. Um, you know, if you make like, like in our businesses, and, and again, no one's perfect. I mean, do we make mistakes? Absolutely. Do I make mistakes? Absolutely. But, you know, when, when you're, you know, believable and, and you're right on stories, you know, everyone wants to break that top story. Everyone wants that story. You know, I'd rather be second and accurate than first and wrong. You know, oh, so, yeah. you know, so sometimes, you know, I, I think that's where credibility comes in and you have to be willing to admit your mistakes. You know, um, you got to be willing to say, hey, you know what? We blew it. Um, you know, you don't like to do that, but I think that shows you're human. And, uh, you know, if you watch a newscast, you have the news, which is all serious. You have the weather, which is the weather. Then you have sports and sports should be the fun part of it. And that's what we try to do. That's what I try to do. Um, you know, local sports in our area in Youngstown, I mean, we're between Cleveland and Pittsburgh, you know, but local sports is our bread and butter. We don't ignore the Indians or the Guardians. We don't ignore the Browns, the Cavaliers, the Penguins, the Steelers or the Pirates. We don't ignore them. But if we have a major local story, you know, that's going to supersede what we do. And, and, and I guess, you know, when you have a six o'clock newscast, what I try to do is, okay, that's our local newscast. I mean, you know, we try to put local stuff in there. The 11 o'clock is still local, but, you know, we're going to add the Guardians, we're going to add the Pirates, the Steelers and the Browns, you know, and the Cavaliers and the Penguins and that sort of thing. But those are our regional 
original stories. Now, you know, if, if, if the Guardians name a new manager or, or, or you know, uh, Terry Francona steps down, yeah, that becomes our lead story. That probably goes into the news block. So, you know, it, it's, it's, that's part of my responsibility is you kind of juggle things, okay, what's important, what's not important, or, you know, and, and again, you try to relay that to the young people and say, okay, you know, just because, you know, we have a local soccer team that's going to the playoffs for the first time, you know, and the, and the Guardians win a game, that, that local is, you know, is, is, is the key. And, and, and I guess, again, going back to the old days, Mike, is, you know, if you want to see local sports, you turn on your local TV. If you want to see national sports, then you turn on your ESPN CNNs. Yeah, I agree. Like, honestly, the only time right now, like, if I watch local news, if I get a, a chance to, from my schedule and everything like that, to watch local news, it's to see what's going on with the local sports teams. It's to, it's to hear, you know, that um, my son goes to, to Philo uh, Middle School right now. The, the Philo High School actually had to win their game on Friday to, sure. to make the playoffs, and that was a big thing. And... You know what? Tuning into the to the radio stations to listen to the game while you know I was doing some work to try to like, catch a little bit of it, and you know, but I turning it on to see what was going to happen because you know I, I moved to, to Zanesville in, in the Philo area where I'm at now uh, three years ago, so you know mm-hmm. I, I'm learning this. But they would have had a chance that the seating worked out to play my hometown Steubenville Big Red you know what I mean uh-huh. and play them and it was going to be back in Steubenville so I would have got a chance to go home a little bit and you know and see everyone again in all the local sports didn't work out uh Steubenville's obviously number one and uh Philo got 15 they, they actually bumped up another spot because of a loss from another team you know and those stories to me are like that gets me excited because these are, you know, they're young kids. They're playing for something. They want to do something. And just, you know, seeing how hard they work is is phenomenal to see, even in this day and age. Well, and again, our, our management here, you know, is, is fantastic when it comes to high school football. Because on a, on a Friday night, Mike, we're covering 18 games. Yeah. Sometimes 19. And that's about 19 minutes of time we're taking. So, you know, our management here understands the importance of high school football. We have 25 teams in our area in the playoffs, you know, and where we are, we also cover a couple of counties in Pennsylvania. So we have their playoffs. But like I says, uh, uh, you know, local sports is our bread and butter. And that's something that I, I'm very, very proud of of what we do. Oh, absolutely. I, I We are uh, running down near the end of the episode, but I got to get this in here. And then, you know, sure. and I got to know this, you know. Uh, you've covered sports for for a long time. What is your favorite game that you've ever covered, whether it's high school, college, or pros? Do you have a favorite that you've ever covered? You know, the the, the best thing that I probably have covered, Mike, and again, I, I was at Ohio. When Jim Trestle was the coach at Youngstown State, went to, to, to Ohio State, we went down there. Um, Kelly Pavlik was a local boxer in our area who won the middleweight championship. And, and Kelly was a homegrown guy. And he fought in Las Vegas, um, you know, for the world championship in Atlantic City. And, you know, covering him was probably the thrill because he was a Youngstown guy, still is a Youngstown guy. But he took care of the local media. And and I was very fortunate when he got on his run to to travel with him and and cover him to Las Vegas, 
to uh, Atlantic City numerous times, and and, and that was great. Um, I've been to the World Series in 1995 when the Indians lost to the Braves in six. I was in Miami when the Indians lost to the Marlins in seven. I was in Chicago and Cleveland when the Indians lost to the Cubs in 2016. So uh, I don't know if it's me, but I've been bad luck for, for them. Um, you know, I, I guess the dream would be to see the Browns in the Super Bowl, uh, to cover them in a Super Bowl. Don't know if I'll see that in my lifetime, but certainly, uh, you know, I was in, in, in the Super Bowl, you know, it's, you know, the game is secondary to the events. I, I was very fortunate to be in, in Arizona for Super Bowl 30 with uh, the Steelers in Dallas and, and Super Bowl, the one that was in Detroit when uh, Pittsburgh beat Seattle. Um, you know, and, and it's all, it's, it, the game is secondary, you know, and, 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 and just being part of those events is something that, I'll, you know, I'll never forget. I mean, the national championship games in, in Arizona with Ohio State and, and New Orleans, uh, you know, with, with Ohio State as well. Uh, Youngstown State being in the national championship game. I mean, one of the greatest plays I ever saw, uh, Mike, was when Youngstown State was playing Eastern Washington. It was on a red field and it was... You know, uh, YSU won on the final play of the game where the tight end pinned the ball against the defender's back. Uh, you probably have seen that, but but that was, you know, that was a thrill. Um, so, again, very, very fortunate. But So I can't pinpoint one thing. There's been a, there's been a lot of them. I'm sure there was going to be a lot. I'm glad you mentioned Kelly Pavlik, though, too, as well. A big fan of our show here. He's actually been on the show, talked to him a lot. Just a great individual to talk to. And just hearing what he's doing for Youngstown and everything in that area, you know, is phenomenal that he's still trying to to give back to his hometown. Love Kelly Pavlik to death, you know, and, and I'm glad he's uh, was in that list of, of people yeah. um, that, you know, you know, people ask me all the time, who's who's the one of the, you know, who, who, you know, out of all the pro athletes you've interviewed, who's been the best? And and again, I'll, I'll say Kelly Pavlik because he, he knew who we were. He took care of us. You know, we covered him when he was first starting out, then when he was on the national spotlight. I mean, he never forgot that when he won the when he won the middleweight championship in Atlantic City, when he beat Jermaine Taylor, um, you know, there was a big press conference set up and, and, and the Youngstown television stations were, were on the side. He came to us first and, uh, you know, they were kind of pushing him to go there and he took care of us first. And, and that that means a lot. And, uh, you know, to see him do so well, uh, you know, at that time. And it's hard to believe it's been, you know, 15 years that, that you know, in 2007 and 2008, but uh, still keeps his roots here and is, and is a great asset to the to this area. Yeah, uh, like I said, he, he's he's just a great person to talk to. I, I enjoyed the the hell out of uh, his uh, time on on my show here, and it's still honestly to this day still one of the most listened to shows that I have. And uh, you know, he was one of the first big big name guests that I got to got to interview on the show and everything like that. And it's still you know great to see you know that that's. That's that's happening, but like I said, we're running down near the end of the episode, and I'm and I'm running out of time here. But I got to know one more thing too, as well. How do you balance the work life balance uh, with what you do? You know, it's tough. Um, you know, it, it's tough. I mean, when you work afternoon turn, and again, I've, I've kind of changed things a little bit. I'm working more day, just doing the six o'clock, and I have a great staff to, that will do the eleven. I had a health issue earlier this year, um, a couple of months ago, which which put a scare into me. So I'm still not back at full strength, but uh, 
it's a tough balance, you know, and, and certainly those are those are things that you, you deal with and, uh, you know, you have to accept sometimes and, and uh, you know, the, the it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, you, you have to work these days and uh, like I says, uh, it, it's, it's, it's tough sometimes, um, but, uh, you know, you do it and you, and you adjust to it. Absolutely. Because uh, that's one of the big questions that I get asked all the time. You travel everywhere doing comedy. How do you balance having a wife and a son and, you know, just your everyday life? I said, it's it's not easy. Don't get, I'm not going to, I make it look pretty easy, I guess. But it's just, it's it's another job in the job itself. So I get that, but. Like I said, we're running down a uh, – Dana, I give every guest this opportunity. Uh, I'm going to give you about a minute. Anything you want to get out there, anything you want to get uh, to promote, the floor is yours, my yeah, I mean, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity, Mike. Obviously, you know, WFMJ TV is the NBC affiliate in Youngstown, Ohio, and uh, it's, it's a great uh, place to work. Uh, certainly, uh, we're a sister station, the WTOV, being in the NBC family, and uh, – you know, we have a great staff here. Again, we're locally owned, and that's unheard of, uh, you know, in this industry. But uh, that's nice. Um, you know, the owners know who we are, and, and we have a great management staff here who uh, understand the importance of what we do and what our television station does. And uh, for your listeners and, and viewers, I mean, our, our uh, website is WFMJ.com. Oh, absolutely. Uh I will put all of that in the description of this episode so everyone can find these guys uh, and check them out. It's going to be phenomenal. Anybody in the Youngstown area, I know i got a big following in the Youngstown area. Uh, check them out if you don't already know it. But that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Ride Home Rants podcast. Again, Dana, thank you for joining. Really appreciated talking to you. As always, if you enjoyed the show, be a friend, tell a friend. If you didn't, tell them anyways. They might like it just because you didn't. That's going to do it for me, and I will see y'all next week. The Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Dubby Energy. Energy drinks made for gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. For gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. Go to the link in the description where you can find the best energy drinks out there. Less caffeine than a cup of coffee. Also, no jitters and no crash afterwards. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my favorite sponsor of the show, and that is Shankit Golf. Golf apparel made for the everyday golfer. We might not go out and shoot a six under par. We're probably going to shoot a six over par, but... This is going to give us the gear that's going to help us rock it on and off of the course. Go to the link in the bio. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off there as well.